When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Hi, Katie. How are you? Hi, Keith. Doing well. How about yourself? I'm fine. Good. I'm fine. It's a busy week. It is a busy week. It's just a bit. Uh, lots of lots of deadlines. <laughs> lots of... The life of a magazine and dot-com journalist. Um, yeah, <laughs> yes, it's all those things. Uh, because as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show... We've got chart news on how. We've got a brand new number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, Steve Lacey's Bad Habit. The little song that could, remember it debuted at number 100 back in July, finally made it all the way to the top. Plus, Sam Smith and Kim Petras have the number one song in the world as their out-of-the-box smash Unholy debuts at number one on the Billboard Global 200 and straight in at number three on the Billboard Hot 100. And on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, Bad Bunny's Un Verano Senti makes it an even dozen weeks at number one, while Five Seconds of Summer debuts at number two, and Alice in Chains' 30-year-old Dirt album re-enters the chart at number nine after a remastered reissue and big vinyl sales. You know, Keith, I have lots of thoughts and hot takes and questions for you about the very interesting chart moves in the top 10. This is why people subscribe to the show (laughs) for your hot takes. All those hot takes. Uh, But that hot 100 top 10 and all of its very exciting moves this week, uh, there's a lot to talk about. So we will get into that, dive into that a little bit later. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do the chart chat. First up, Bad Bunny's Un Verano Senti is back atop the Billboard 200 albums chart, dated October 8th, for a 12th non-consecutive week as the set steps from number two to number one. The last album with more weeks at number one was Drake's Views with 13 non-consecutive weeks on top back in 2016. Ooh, do we think that it will do it? TBD. I'm, 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 I'm going to say maybe. It feels like a pretty safe bet if you're in Vegas. The, the, <laughs> the album has been on the chart for 21 weeks and has never fallen below number two. Wow. And there are big releases coming, some we don't know about, some we do, like Taylor Swift, but not for a couple weeks. So there's time. 
there is time. <laughs> and for all we know, in a year from now, Bad Bunny could still be in the top five. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I mean, look at how long Morgan Wallen's been in the top oh, ten. Oh, my goodness. Um, all right. Well, also in the top ten of the new Billboard 200, Five Seconds of Summer's new Five Sauce Five, or Five SOS Five, bows at number two, marking the band's sixth top ten effort, while Allison Chain's Dirt re-enters the chart at number nine, following its 30th anniversary reissue. The uh, Dirt album is back on the chart for the first time since 1994 and in the top 10 for the first time since 1992 when it debuted and peaked at number six. The uh, re-entry is largely powered by sales of its double vinyl album with 22,500 sold across its three available pressings. And I will possibly bore people, but I love talking Bring about it. vinyl. You won't bore me. There is a widely available standard black LP, a red-colored variant that was exclusive to Walmart, and an orange-colored LP that was sold exclusively through the band's web store. Which one should I buy for my brother for Christmas? Because <laughs> this was one of his favorite albums when we were growing up. Last time I checked, the red one and the orange one were both sold out. Sounds like it'll be a black record, yeah. Michael. <laughs> 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 and and you know why this I mean this 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 album is Allison Chains probably I would guess the album that is their most popular maybe it spent the most time on the Billboard 200 it spent more than 100 weeks on the Billboard uh, 200 chart well then it's yes the most popular but it, it's also <laughs> one of those things where it, like it came out in 1992 um, kind of before they had kind of those sort of fluke pop hits mm. a little bit later I don't when I think of Allison Chains I. Definitely think of like Rooster. So was that after no, Dirt or that on was dirt. on this album? That's on Dirt. So okay. the, so the Dirt album had five hits uh, chart on the mainstream rock airplay chart: Wood, mm-hmm. Them Bones, Angry Chair, Rooster, and Down in a Hole. Oh yeah, those are big old songs. I think I think casual sort of MTV fans of the early '90s yeah. immediately know Wood and Rooster. Yes, 100. Um, percent Down in the hole too. And then, and then after that, it's like, oh, remember there was no excuses and kind of like the more ballady things. But I think Dirt was the thing that absolutely like made them like huge rock stars in the early '90s. Did they? Sorry to put you on the spot with this question, but did they? They didn't have any sort of resurgence on the Billboard 200 when Lane Staley passed in the early 2000s. I don't remember. Okay. Well, I mean, if they haven't been on since 94 or 92, this, or, you know, in top well, 10 since 92 and in the charts since 94. Well, this particular album. Has yeah, not this been. particular album. So maybe another one. There may have been like a greatest a great, hits yeah, album. Greatest or something. hits. Yeah. Sure, sure. Next up on the Billboard Hot 100, Sam Smith and Kim Petras team up for a smashing debut at number three with Unholy. The track, which had been teased for weeks on TikTok, also blows in at number one on the streaming songs chart and digital song sales charts. But wait, Unholy also launches atop both the Billboard Global 200 and Billboard Global Excluding US charts. It's the first number one on both charts for both acts, while on the Hot 100, it's Smith's highest charting song since Stay With Me peaked at number two in 2014 and Sam's seventh top 10 overall. And for Kim Petras, it's her first charting song on the Hot 100 entirely, and she made her Billboard chart debut actually a decade ago on a now-defunct chart called Uncharted. 
<laughs> it was a thing. Sure. Um, so this, un- I, I had to actually Google to remember what this chart was. I know it sounds tragic. So Uncharted <laughs> ranked the most popular developing artist across social media. Uh, eventually, okay. Kim actually hit our sort of proper song and albums charts in 2018 with the dance club songs hit I Don't Want It All and the album Turn Off the Light Volume 1. This is really surprising me because, and I'm, I'm guess I'm assuming some other people who are fans of pop music because Kim, Kim's name has been around for four or five years, and the song that immediately comes to my mind is "Heart to Break," which was what I thought a hit question mark, but not according to our charts it's, because it's nowhere. It's funny. Like I actually know that song too. Yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. I think it's. I think. I think Kim has been sort of trapped in this, like, cool, edgy, tastemaker area of pop, pop culture yeah. that never had a big crossover moment where it, everything just congealed all in the same but week. But within the people who, like, very rapidly follow pop, yes. you know who Kim Petras is and you've like, known for a long time. Like, are you one of those, like, stans who loves Carly Rae Jepsen? You definitely know Kim Petras. Then you totally know Kim yes. Petras. Um, but uh, this combination, I'm obsessed with it. Obviously, the world is as well, Sam and Kim. Uh, Sam has obviously charted higher at number two previously, but this is definitely his highest debut, like number three on the Hot 100. Yeah. yeah. It feel, You know, what's also wild about this is that we haven't... This this song it feels so like left of center mm. for what would have been expected for Sam Smith in previous years. When they were sort of like, oh, it's like an Adele Croony situation. Balladier. Yeah, yeah. Like a kind of a light rock, you know, yeah. Dancing, Stay with me. Dancing with a stranger with Normani. Love that song, by the way. I mean great. That, had, that had a beat. Yeah, but but <laughs> it does feel like this is like, whoa, this is surprising. Yeah. Like a very sort of kind of in-your-face, um, kind of aggressive in some ways track that has a also um, sort of sexy vibe mm-hmm. to it. Um, vibe? Sexy, like, everything? in the foreground. <laughs> it's not lingering It's not just background. a vibe. It's not an undercurrent. It's an overcurrent. It's an overcurrent. <laughs> it's currently everywhere. Um, and it, it debuts on the charts not even with the music video, because the music video came out a week after the song came out. Right. This is from its song's debut on September 22nd, and then the video came out the next Friday. Which, by the way, that the video, I mean, can we talk about the video now, okay. too? Or should we not, because it doesn't have anything to do with the Hot 100 debut? Well, let, <laughs> let's just backtrack just for a hot second. Okay. So this song started percolating on TikTok, I guess from Sam and Kim teasing it, and in like August, right? Like a month beforehand. Yeah, yeah. So it hasn't been out for like a million years, but in social media time, people are like, oh my God, it's so old. Um, but this is this is obviously a new trend. The same thing happened with uh, Jack Harlow's um, first, class. first Class, which ended up being a number one debut on the Hot 100. It actually had a little, you know, trickle out campaign yeah. on TikTok previous to that. It happened with Super Freaky Girl, Nicki Minaj. Before the proper debut of the whole song, she was putting out little pieces of it. Clearly a strategy I, that works. I want to know how much of the song Unholy was finished when they were teasing it on TikTok. Did they only have like the hook? It was probably done. You think so? Yeah. 
Or do you think they're like, let's just float out a little bit of it to see if people like it and then we can finish the rest of it? It's funny because I'm usually the naive one, but like I know Charlie Puth, for instance, kind of put out like his entire album, Charlie, like on TikTok oh, yeah, in he, bits and pieces he, over uh, the past year. Like a week ago, he was like, hey, everyone, my album that I've been making on TikTok for the past year is coming out October 7th. Right. And I and I feel like I, I guess I'm feeling a little skeptical that these are just like, you know, these live TikTok moments and more so that it's a little more strategic than that. Well, then maybe it's backwards. uh, Reverse engineering. Reverse engineered. Like Mm -hmm. they have a song that has been specifically crafted to be sort of excerpted into small snippets for TikTok. Right. And then they're like, all right, let's start teasing it out and see if it works. Yes. Mm. That one. That one. (laughs) That's what I think. But um, I mean, but but it still feels organic in the sense that just to our point about like Sam's, you know, had this incredible career, Oscar winning, Grammy winning, you know, singer songwriter. And then Kim has been like had this build up. So it's not she's coming out of nowhere to number three, but it feels like it a little bit since it is her first appearance on the Hot 100. And Gary's article mentions that uh, the highest debut on the Hot 100 for like a uh, debut for an artist was Zane with Pillow Talk, which feels a bit like it deserves an asterisk because he had been in One Direction for six years prior to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like he had been all over the Hot 100 just with his group. Can we can we pause for a second? We may and address how like. I mean, we we probably I've probably played a little bit of the audio underneath us talking of Unholy. But why is this song, just if we take the lyrics itself without the video, we'll get to the video in a second, why is this song kind of like a head turner? Like the lyrics are... Wait, <laughs> is this a fill in the blank question? Well, I was, I was throwing it to you. It's like, why <laughs> is this song sort of in the, in the foreground? Like what is making this song like sort of an, a head Well, turner? I know that Sam and Kim have talked about in interviews like people being on the down low about their lifestyle, about their sexuality, et cetera, and going out and living this life, but in in their daily lives, pretending like they're not doing all these sort of taboo things, right? And I think they wanted to, like, lay that shit on the streets (laughs) for what it is and kind of, like, lay it bare and be like, why does this all need to be taboo? Why does it need to be unholy? Like, why can't this just be somebody's truth and it doesn't have to be behind closed doors and doesn't have to be behind curtains? All right. So it's like this song about a very sexy topic that they want to they want to remove some of the stigma from, I think. Okay. Well, the lyrics are, Mummy don't know daddy's getting hot at the body shop doing something unholy. Uh, he lucky, lucky, lucky. It goes on and on. <laughs> Um, a lucky, lucky girl. She got married to a boy like you. She kick you out if she ever, ever knew about all the blank you tell me that you do. And it goes on. So just the narrative of the story is mm-hmm. pretty saucy. Yes. And then out comes the video a week later. Yes. All the video, you guys. The video was pretty stunning. It. It's great. Well, it's Floria Sigismondi. I might be butchering her name who has famously made music videos for decades now, including, I mean, Keith and I were talking about back to the ones that terrified me as a, you know, early teenager by Marilyn Manson. And I feel like rightfully so. Um, But then moving forward, she's done a lot more pop videos in the last like 15, 20 years, including Mirrors by Justin Timberlake, E.T. by Katy Perry, some other mainstream things. Oh, Try by Pink, which is a beautiful, you know, choreography video from Pink. 
Um, and then there's this one and it is, it is stunning and beautiful and it's supposed to be this kind of like sexy underworld situation, but it's mostly just gorgeous. Like the way that it's shot is beautiful. And, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you have to say about this video, Keith? (laughs) I think it's great. (laughs) Um, it's, it's very, it's, um, it's very bright. It's very colorful. It's very theatrical. You, you never... Like when I was watching it and when I finished watching it, though it feels racy to Mm -hmm. me, it also feels very playful. Mm -hmm. And I think that was intentional to perhaps make the entire vibe a little bit more palatable. And this is just me guessing because if this had been a more literal literal reading of the lyrics and it had been like a serious sort of like narrative fictional story about like someone messing around on someone, daddy and mommy, yada, yada, who knows what's going on with the other person. If it had just been that, if it's just been that, it may have been harder to sort of have sort of a lighthearted fun take on. Whereas this video is presented literally on a stage in a theater. Yeah. And it looks very cabaret-like. Yes. And uh, Sam is almost like an MC presenting this sort of narrative, this, this, this piece for you to watch. And I think it's the kind of thing where you, like the topic of the song is racy, the topic of the video, very cabaret. But like, uh, did you ever see a little music video called Blurred Lines a few years ago? Like, that's actually far more racy. I mean, ladies were just like completely topless in the video. And just what was the subtext there? Oh, my God. There was no sub anything. It was just here are naked ladies. There was no subtext. There was no undercurrent. Yes, no undercurrent. Yes. Um, My point being that I think, you know, maybe people the like the morality police might want to like call this song or this video to task. But when you actually boil down to it, to your point, it's it's been made all very palatable for the mainstream. It's not as racy as it could have been. Hey, um, big news at the top of the Hot 100 this week because we have a new number one. Yes. Steve Lacey's long simmering hit, Bad Habit, climbs from number two to number one. The song spent four weeks in the runner-up slot, stuck behind Harry Styles' juggernaut as it was. The latter drops to number two this week. Notably, Bad Habit isn't number one on any of the three component charts that kind of fuel the Hot 100, so to speak. It's number seven on the radio songs chart, number two on streaming songs, though it was number one a week ago. It's only number two this week because Unholy is number one, and number 38 on the digital song sales chart. Bad Habit is the first chart entry on the Hot 100 for the 24-year-old Lacey. A baby. Who was born in May of 1998. That's a little more than four years after Harry Styles was born and about six years after both Smith and Petrus were born. But, you know, Steve's been around for a while because his group, The Internet, which, again, sort of like Kim Petrus, has been, has been around, around, but maybe not, you know, on you know the top 10 of the Hot 100. Pretty sure the average person has no clue who Steve Lacey or The Internet is. That's fair. Although uh, another TikTok moment here because Steve's music sort of resurfaced. Some of his songs from like two or three years ago resurfaced on TikTok before Bad Habit became a thing. And then it sort of set the stage for Bad Habit having the success it's had. It's also become a TikTok thing too. Correct. It's all. It all goes back to TikTok. Well, I think there's also, <laughs> I think the thing that is kind of, that people are, kind of latching on to, and also I talked to Gary, I, I talked to Gary earlier about 
bad habit just to sort of get his take as sort of a more radio professional. And he was he was basically like, look, it's like a really breezy, catchy, hooky track. And uh, not unlike Heat Waves by yeah. Glass Animals, one that's is Which very easy to listen to on the al- radio. Also was very TikToky. And also went from number one hundred to, to number one yes. on the hot one hundred. It's our second song this year to go from number one hundred to number one. That's wild. Heat waves and bad habit. But um I think the the lyrics, um, the opening line of Bad Habit, I wish I knew, mm-hmm. I wish I knew you wanted me, mm-hmm. that has really seemed to have captured people's imaginations. And it's a very simple emotion that everyone can sort of relate to. And also I think people are probably, this is just me kind of guessing here, like the song feels very hard to categorize. It It's... It's poppy, but there's kind of an R&B undercurrent. It's a little bit alternative. It's kind of a dash of rock. Which means it can be played on a lot of different radio stations, In your favorite grocery store, on Top 40 Radio. on a lot of playlists on streaming, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is something else it has in common with Heat Waves, which I think got play across a lot of weird places, like throughout, you know, just assisting it being that popular, that it's had such a wide, cast such a wide net. I think I I was reading a... a profile about uh, Steve in The Guardian, and he basically was just like, he never wanted to be kind of categorized into a box, whatever it was. You're doing a great job, Steve. You're, yeah, bang, <laughs> bang up job there, Steve. Um, I also think it's it's fascinating how the song is hitting number one basically at the same time the Grammy eligibility year closed. And I'm like, if this song suddenly doesn't have like a really great shot at being nominated for Song of the Year, Record of the Year, and him and him for Best, Best New, New Artist, it's it is great timing. Um, it's and he feels like the exact kind of artist that the Recording Academy would love. It's one of those cross sections of like popular, cool. Like I mean, he's also like somebody that people who have like great you know taste in music pride themselves in like fine discovering music have been listening to him for so long and then also like critically acclaimed it's like all there we haven't also mentioned the fact that like we we did address the fact that he was in the internet but he's also a guitarist a singer songwriter Mm -hmm. he's collaborated with everyone like he was on Kendrick Lamar's damn album was I guess sort of his big huge kind of first collaboration that I'm stunned he's only 24 I'm like when did you start right because I honestly like I have heard about the internet for so long um and I think they've been around for five years. So I guess he was uh, he was 18 or 19 when they came around, I guess. So what is what are the rest of us doing with our lives, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those moments. I was like, God, what have I done? Can I bring something else up that, that Gary mentioned in his uh, Hot 100 article? About songs that were number one with the word bad in it? Oh, I, way to steal my entire thunder. Oh, shoot. No, okay, I'm just you, joking. Okay. You, no, I'm just start joking. Over, I'm joking. Start over. I just wanted to say that Steve Lacey's Bad Habit is the 14th song to top the Hot 100 with the word bad do you have in the, its title. Do you have the list in front of, of you? Of course I do. Can I guess some of them? Oh, please. Okay. You haven't looked at this? Nope. Okay. All right, Gary. Keith hasn't read your article uh, Bad, Bad, Leroy Brown. Do, do, do. Yep. That is Jim Croce, and that was in July 1973. One Bad Apple. Correct. The Osmonds, February 1971. Uh, bad by Michael Jackson. Yep. October 1987. And maybe that's kind of where I'm ending. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't want to belabor this, but I feel like I'm not going to guess a lot of I'll go backward with some other ones. Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Oh, well, August 2019. Bad and Bougie. Migos. Oh, of course. With Lil, Lil Uzi Vert, which was in uh, 2017. Bad Blood. Taylor right. Swift. Kendrick Lamar. June 2015. Bad Day. Famously used as the American Idol exit song <laughs> from 2006. Uh, you Got It Bad. By Usher. Ooh, uh, Bad Medicine by Bon Jovi. That's the next one on the list from 1988. Uh, you already said MJ. You Give Love a, a Bad, bad name. name, also by Bon Jovi. Right. November 1986. Just going back to that bad well, uh, Bon Jovi. Uh, Donna Summer. <gasps> bad Girls. Bad Girls, 1975. You, you can give me the artist and I'll guess the I title. I should have done that for this whole thing. Damn it. But now we're at the very last one because you guessed the next two with uh, Jim Croce and the Osmonds. The very last one, the artist is Jimmy Dean. I definitely don't know this song, or at least I don't know it from title alone. No, what is it? Big Bad John. I think it's like Big Bad John. Yeah. <laughs> that I, sounds right. <laughs> I think it's like one of those like storytelling songs, oh. narrative, something. And as Gary pointed out on your chart, uh, the Billboard 200, right. obviously Bad Bunny is back at number one uh, for a 12th week uh, on the Billboard 200 albums chart. So we have Bad Habit at number one and Bad Bunny at number one in the same week. And we were talking about this like, has this ever happened before? Well, to your point, Michael Jackson probably had Bad at number one no, he did. song. Oh, he definitely had Bad at number one song and album title Yeah, back in 1987. Yes. But Katie was specifically asking, has an artist with the with the word bad in their name been number one on the Billboard 200, while a song with the word bad in its title been number one on the Hot 100? No, that hasn't happened until this week. Ah. But that's like, that's like literally a stat only a chart weirdo would love. <laughs> like it, it's it's meaningless. Who are the people listening to the show? <laughs> I know, but it's like it's like if you, they want to hear us talk, they're also interested in that. I'm assuming. <laughs> I think my brain has just gotten to the point where I'm just like, I don't know, like the things in my head that I think are interesting. I'm like, I don't know if anyone really finds them that interesting. So I like sort of like sometimes don't share them. Well, And even at that point, I'm just like, is this really interesting? I love stuff like this. I think it maybe, I think I would have found it more interesting had I thought of it first. <laughs> if Gary hadn't thought of it? <laughs> well, I, think, I thought you thought of it no, first. No, that was Gary. That oh, was okay. Gary. All right. Um, shall we move on? Let's move on. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Forty years ago, a little ditty about Jack and Diane mm. climbed to number one on the Hot 100. John Mellencamp's Heartland Rock hit reached the top of the list dated October 2nd, 1982, and spent four weeks at number one. Mellencamp, then known as John Cougar, was red hot in 1982. The week that Jack and Diane hit number one, his previous hit, the number two Peking Hurts So Good, was still in the top ten, falling nine to ten while the parent album of both songs, American Fool, was in its fourth of nine straight weeks at number one on the Billboard 200. Both Jack and Diane and Hurt So Good would finish among the top 10 year-end songs of 1982 on the Hot 100. The singer-songwriter would go on to chart a total of 22 top 40 charting hits on the Hot 100, though Jack and Diane was his only number one thus far. Mm. Today, 
Mellencamp is preparing a deluxe reissue of his 1985 album Scarecrow, which is due out on November 4th. The set launched six top 40 charting hits on the Hot 100, including a trio of top 10s, Lonely Old Night, Small Town, and R-O-C-K in the USA. R-O-C-K in the USA. Plus, Mellencamp recently announced a 76-date 2023 concert tour dubbed Live and in Person 2023 that will kick off on February 5th with tickets going on sale, hey, October 7th in just a few days. So there you have it. 40 years ago this week, John Mellencamp rocked to number one on the Hot 100 with Jack and Diane. Oh yeah, life goes on long after the thrill of living is gone. All right, we've reached the end of our big shoe. Any parting words? Katie. I have a lot to say about John Mellencamp, actually. You do? <laughs> well, first of all, in the year Good 2022, things? I mean, I love John Mellencamp. Okay. In the year 2022, he would be a country singer. Yeah. Like, his, his entire discography would fit in on country radio right now. All of it. Exactly how he's singing it. The exact songs. It's funny how sort of genre has sort of morphed over time. No, I mean, country it's, Country music is basically classic rock. Like, yeah. And obviously that's also reflected in, like, you know, Jake Owen had a song called I Was Jack, You Were Diane, mm-hmm. right there. I was also thinking about Jessica Simpson's song that sampled uh, Jack and Diane. Oh. I think I'm in love. Oh. Boy, I think that I'm in love with you. Remember that song? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I it just... had the whole, like, intro Instrumental. Uh, unlike, uh, I keep forgetting. <laughs> I can't. I can't do. You can't just pull a Jessica Simpson song real quick. <laughs> no, and there's a reason why you, who actually has a voice, <laughs> and, I'm, and also I'm a woman. <laughs> uh, Jessica Simpson's a soprano. You got to get high for those notes, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, um, what song should we go out on? I mean, you choose between Jake Owen and Jessica Simpson, obviously. <laughs> All right, we're going to go out on Jessica Simpson, that song that Katie just said. It's called I Think I'm In Love With You. That one. And it's a great, great song from her 1999 debut album, Sweet Kisses. Sweet Kisses. (laughs) There we go. All right, see you guys next time. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.